This morning from Proverbs chapter 31, beginning in verse 10. A capable wife who can find? She's far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from far away. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and tasks for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hands. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid for her household when it snows, for all her household are clothed in crimson. She makes herself coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the city gates, taking his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies the merchant with sashes. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her happy, her husband too, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her a share in the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the city gates. Faithful and true are the words of God. So here we have a text about Supermom. She is super and superb in all of these different ways. When I begin to make a list of all the characteristics or all the attributes, I couldn't even remember them all that they listed in these 20 verses without writing them down. Precious, trustworthy, gainful, good, works with her hands, sacrificial, sensitive to others, cook, entrepreneur, or developer, gardener, or vine dresser, physically strong, profitable businesswoman, caring, generous, especially generous to the poor and needy, fearless, provider, planner, well-to-do, seamstress, strong and dignifying, jolly, wise, kind, active, praiseworthy, and faithful to the Lord. I'm worn out just reading the list. (laughs) But maybe that's because I'm not a mom. Moms learn how to carry so much. They carry the burdens and the responsibilities for so many so often. In our text today, this woman, or what biblical scholars call woman wisdom, is extolled. All these attributes are listed. But it's interesting to me, and I would consider this also what we might call a feminist text, because it not only points out that she's a wife and a mother, and that she covers all the traditional roles, but it also says she's an entrepreneur, she's a businesswoman, she's a land and property developer, 
She's planting a vineyard with her own hands. She can do it all. Or so it appears. But we know that really no one of us can do it all. So I would suggest to us today that we think of this description as if it's an ideal woman or what some Bible scholars call woman wisdom. Whenever there's a text and it happens in a variety of places here in Proverbs and other places in Scripture where the divine is equated with a female or feminine characteristics or imaged as a woman. But it's not just for women. This text is saying that woman wisdom is offering all these gifts that she possesses to any and all that might receive them. They are for her. She possesses them, but they're also available for us. We can identify these gifts and receive them into our lives because woman wisdom offers them to us there's a theme that runs throughout proverbs that keeps reminding us we have a choice that we can respond to god in fact that we need to respond to god to receive the gifts of god if we're going to experience the fullness of life if we're going to experience all that God intends for us. But we have free will. We have this choice. We can receive these gifts and use them and develop them in our own lives. Or we can go another way. We can go another path. We can ignore God. In the footnotes in my Wesley Study Bible, they comment about this. It says, This concluding poem of the book of Proverbs summarizes wisdom's qualities and commends them to would-be followers. It is an indirect invitation to become members of the household of wisdom, honoring her presence in our lives and partaking of her benefits. Understood in this way, there is a message of grace here for both men and women. Then it goes on to say throughout Proverbs, we are told we must seek wisdom to find it. We are also told that wisdom is a gift. Radical awe before God, or what Proverbs calls the fear of the Lord, is the prerequisite the forward impetus, and the goal of a lifelong pursuit of wisdom. Experiencing this wisdom alive in our lives or working in our lives is grounded in what Proverbs calls the fear of the Lord. You hear it if you read through Proverbs beginning in the very first chapter Verse 7, as it's beginning to describe what's to come, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Or from the passage we read last week, which is later in chapter 1, it says they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. 
or just one more. In chapter 2, verse 4, it says, If you seek it, if you seek wisdom like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Or the way it was put in the passage we read this morning, where it's talking about and personifying wisdom as a woman. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. It's not saying that we should be afraid to approach God or fearful when we approach God, whether it's suggesting a pathway or a posture that when we are going to approach God, how we go about it. Fear of the Lord means reverence, respect, humility in our relationship with God. It's suggesting a posture of when we approach God of listening and learning. So often when we approach God, right, we're ready to jabber. We're ready to talk. We need some help, and we're going to tell you all about it. And we want you to respond a little quicker, please. And Proverbs, or wisdom, is suggesting a different approach. That when we're ready to develop our relationship with God, we approach from a posture or position of being ready to learn, ready to listen, ready to be corrected, ready to be taught, ready to receive instruction or guidance. Throughout Proverbs, I keep thinking of parallel teachings that Jesus talks about in the Gospels. I've shared several of the parables with you, but this week I thought about the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the Plain, in Matthew, in chapter 5, Jesus has gathered a large crowd, has everyone sit down, he's going to teach them, and he begins to say, blessed are those, and then goes through what we commonly know are these blessings or these beatitudes. The very first one is, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will receive the kingdom of heaven the presence of God poor in spirit is very similar to what Proverbs is talking about in terms of the wise way to approach God or I thought about Paul in his first letter to the Corinthians when he writes about the gift of love remember he says it's not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it doesn't have to be right. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the right, rejoices in the truth. The way Paul describes love has many parallels running right along with the way Proverbs describes wisdom or woman wisdom. Or as one of you all pointed out to me in the very first chapter, of this first letter to the Corinthians, when Paul is writing and is describing Christ, he says Christ is the power and wisdom. The same word, Sophia, the Proverbs uses. 
Christ is the power and wisdom of God. Fear of the Lord points to an attitude of receptivity from us toward God, an attitude of what we might call faith or trust in God, an attitude of opening, openness, believing God has gifts for us. And the best way to go about our lives is to listen to God, to trust God's guidance, to follow through on the promptings we feel from God. Now, for Christians, we say that most decisively happens through Jesus Christ. That that's how we see what God is all about, how we see what God is revealing to us. In John's gospel, when he begins to tell us about Jesus in that first chapter, you'll remember he says that he is the Word. And the Word was with God and was God comes from the Greek word logos or mind of God that Christ was that word and was in the beginning Proverbs says the very same kind of thing about wisdom being with God from the very beginning and being the very manifestation of God we say Christ is the way the truth and the life the Proverbs authors are saying very much the same thing that wisdom helps us see the way to life and life in its fullness or life as God intends it's even similar to the Christian concept of grace remember John Wesley talked about the grace that came before he called the prevenient grace grace that comes to us or God's love and favor that is available to us even before we know it or recognize it that God is already at work Proverbs is saying the same thing about wisdom then of course in the Christian journey we say there comes a time where we recognize that God is loving us and God is working in our lives And we respond to that in a positive way when we have that recognition or acknowledgement, when we commit and dedicate to become followers of Christ. Wesley calls it justifying grace or justification. And he says it sets us on a new path for the rest of our lives of receiving this love and grace of God and allowing it to lead us into the future. Christians say when that happens, it changes our lives and it changes our perspective. And it moves us from being at the center of our lives and thinking the universe circulates around us to moving ourselves from that spot and putting God at the center of our lives. And the witness of the ages is when we're able to make that shift changes everything in terms of how we experience life and the abundance that God is offering us. Proverbs, when it talks about wisdom, calls it the good life. The wise way is the good life. Woman wisdom it is described as both as a life of doing good and doing well. Let's look at that for just a moment. In verse 12, It says, as it talks about this woman wisdom, she does him good, talking about her husband. 
She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Doing good is a lifestyle, in other words, that she's looking to do good day in and day out, not just an occasional act, but this permanent way of living, of doing good for others. Or if you flip over to verse 20, it says she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She's serving others. She's doing good for someone else. She's thinking about someone else and putting herself out there in a way that serves another. But it also says as she's doing all of that, she does well or she has gain. Verse 16 says she considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hands. She plants a vineyard in verse 11 and then in gate, <clears throat> again in 18 it talks about she has no lack of gain, that she's prosperous in her business dealings. So she's experiencing and doing good, but she's also experiencing and doing well in terms of having a full or an abundant life, experiencing the goodness that life has to offer us. The good news here is that this full life, the wise life, is ours. If we so choose, if we're willing to receive the wisdom, if we're willing to listen to what the scriptures have to say to us, if we're willing to do good, we're also going to experience good. So as we come toward the end of this series about ancient wisdom for modern times, just leave you with a few questions. How do you typically deal with new information or new insights or new ideas that come from Scripture? Do you find yourself being open to them and wanting to think about them more deeply, trying to internalize or integrate them into your life and your life of faith? Or do you hold them at arm's length and think, I've never heard that before. I'm not sure God's a female. Like, don't go there. Or are you willing to grapple with this a little bit, believing that there might be wisdom for you that would expand your view of God and deepen your trust in God or your connection to God? Are you willing to consider sort of the fullness of Scripture as we discussed last week? And this idea that often we get locked in a little box that we call God whether it's around gender or some other characteristic, and fail to see the fullness of who God might want to be for us and what God might want to do for you in your life if you were able to adopt this attitude of receptivity, of listening and learning, waking up every day asking God, what do you have for me today is a different way of living that many people go about life. Do you want more wisdom? Are you willing to choose wisdom as Proverbs talks about? Dr. Eugene Peterson spent 10 years translating by himself the whole of Scripture. Now, he is a Bible professor, so it's not that he had no background in this, but still spent a whole decade working and translating all of the scriptures. 
his translation is called the message you may have heard of it in the introduction to the book of proverbs in his translation he writes some important things i want to read you a few sentences of what he wrote he says in our scriptures heaven is not the primary concern to which earth is a tag-along afterthought on earth as it is in heaven is Jesus's prayer. Wisdom is the biblical term for this on earth as it is in heaven everyday living. Wisdom is the art of living skillfully in whatever actual conditions we find ourselves. Wisdom has to do with becoming skillful skillful in honoring our parents and raising our children, handling our money and conducting our sexual lives, going to work and exercising leadership, using words well, and treating friends kindly, eating and drinking healthily, cultivating emotions within ourselves and attitudes toward others that make for peace threaded through all of these items is the insistence that the way we think of and respond to God is the most practical thing we do in matters of everyday practicality nothing absolutely nothing takes precedence over God. May we be so wise. Amen.